cliffcentral.com. All right, let's turn our attention to um, an issue which is uh, just a constant subject for discussion and something that we never seem to run out of interest in, and it is cryptocurrency. And this week has been no exception to that rule. We're joined, as always, by Sean Sanders. How's it, Sean? And first of all, um, happy birthday to you for last week, dude. Um, it was your birthday the day before, the day after we spoke to you last week, and um, we, we, we didn't make a fuss of you, and then it was our birthday on Saturday, so we should have known. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you as well. Um, yeah, no, thank you very much, Gareth. I appreciate it. Getting old, eh? So old. Yeah, so, so, so old. old. Yeah, don't worry. Well, I mean, you guys are seven, right? If I'm not mistaken. Exactly. Seven years of, of Cliff Central. Congratulations. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears go into building a business, right? And seven years is, yeah, it's, you, it's a you long know, time. Well you done. know all about it. So we were, we were talking just a few weeks ago about your uh, funding that's been raised, which will obviously help you guys go to new and astronomical levels of success. So we've got lots of things to feel very excited about at the moment, but Bitcoin people are probably less excited than Ethereum people this week, right? That they are. I mean, this has been an incredible week. Actually, it's been an incredible year for uh, Ethereum investors. I mean, the second largest cryptocurrency, Ethereum, uh, is up 330% this year. It's currently sitting at $3,250-odd. Um, And Bitcoin's up about 90% in comparison. So there's really been a lot of money moving into not just Ethereum, actually, but actually most of the, they call them altcoins, but all Mm. the cryptocurrencies that aren't Bitcoin. So if you look at Bitcoin's dominance, and we did speak about this last week and the week before, but Bitcoin's dominance has sort of declined quite substantially over the last seven years. It's Mm -hmm. five, seven years odd. It's gone down from, you know, about an 85% market dominance. And today it's sitting around 44, 45%. Uh, so that's a really big decline over time. I mean, Ethereum uh, four years ago was sitting at around you know three four percent of the market, and that's now up to thirteen odd percent. How do so you, there has how, been how do we how do we explain how do we account for this? Because I always thought that Bitcoin, all the others were kind of tethered to Bitcoin, and more or less that was true for the longest time. You know, if Bitcoin was on its way up, then all the other altcoins went up as well. So what has happened to disconnect them for long enough that Ethereum has been able to get as far ahead as it has? Well, in the past, it was kind of, you know, people would invest in crypto. Bitcoin is the gateway drug. It still sort of is the gateway drug to get into the, they, or they call it the gateway drug, right? The gateway crypto uh, that right. allows people to sort of experiment uh, with the, the industry and the market. And I think in the past, you just sort of had a lot of money move into Bitcoin. And then people were trading between Bitcoin and altcoins. So if you wanted to get into, let's say, Ethereum, I mean, it wasn't that easy to use US dollars or rands or pounds. It was actually a case of you having to use Bitcoin. Okay. I'm going back quite a few years now. Um, and that meant that you sort of had these markets kind of intertwined. And now that uh, the markets have developed a lot and you've got stable coins, you know, dollar-backed coins, uh, rand-backed coins, et cetera, et cetera, that people are able to actually use. I mean, I say rand-backed coins, not that there's one in existence that I know of. Um, but now that there's essentially fiat pairings with uh, the different cryptocurrencies, you're able to sort of analyze them on a unique basis. So as an example, if you look at Bitcoin, Bitcoin's sort of got this digital money slash gold narrative going for it, where it's sure. going to act as a store of value, potentially an inflation hedge. Ethereum actually operates on a completely different set of uh, sort of drivers or factors that, um, you know, impact its growth. So if you're looking at, um, you know, Ethereum's growth over the long term, you actually need to see adoption of its blockchain rather than just accumulation of its tokens. And okay. that's sort of a big driver between the two. And it's important to actually understand the difference. That I mean, cryptocurrency is a bit of a misnomer because there's 5,000-odd cryptocurrencies out there. No, all 5,000 do not all have value. 
but there's a good chunk that do have value and they're actually, you know, should be maybe called crypto assets because not all of them are looking to become digital money like Bitcoin or Litecoin. Some like Ethereum are actually looking at creating sort of a blockchain infrastructure uh, that allows people to develop, to develop apps on or to develop, you know, various uh, programs on, which okay. is pretty cool. I just want to read something that I got from from Jared, who listens to us yesterday. I mean, this will make you feel good, Sean, but it, it made me feel good, too. So he said, hey, Gareth, I'd just like to say that in the beginning of the year, I was wondering how I would afford university. I taught matrix and I had a weekend job. I took the little bit of extra money I'd made every week and I bought some Ethereum because of Sean from Revix on your show. I can now afford my next two years of varsity as well as my first secondhand car. Just wanted to thank you and the team for introducing me to these markets. I mean, obviously, that's not the case for everybody, but what an incredible endorsement. That's from Jared Schultz. So, Jared, thank you for your message. I'm not making it up, and you can ask Jared on social media if you don't believe me. But that's just incredible. And I think maybe, you know, Flax brought this up earlier, Sean, that there are people who've become extremely wealthy because they, they were speculating early on. They believed in, in what was going on with crypto. Are there any massive, massive threats that can completely unhinge all of us, um, whether you're a small investor or a big one, and reduce the whole crypto market to zero? Or do you believe we're past the point where it's going to be um, leveled at any stage? It's just going to grow either incrementally or exponentially, and it will come up and down as most markets and most, you know, most investments do. Do you think there's anything in yeah, the pipeline that can really threaten us? I think the probability of this market going to zero is very close to zero percent. Mm. Uh, I think the probability of the market pulling back, yeah, sure, it's there, right? I mm. mean, let's be realistic. We've seen an asset class grow by over a thousand percent over a year. It would be kind of weird for that not to pull back at some point in time by 10 or 20 or 30 percent. But I think, you know, it's the same as sort of investing in, let's say, like the electric vehicle industry or investing in 5G technology or AI or biotech, you know, go through any one of these emerging themes. It's not this nice diagonal line from the bottom left to the top right. No, it's generally kind of zigzagged. There's a lot of like false starts and then all these periods of extreme acceleration. And it's quite interesting as well. If you're looking at crypto, just like most markets, it sort of follows that 80-20 principle where there's 20% of days, and it's probably even less, it's more like 5% of days, account for about 80% of the returns in the market. And that's why you'll hear the phrase quite often that it's not the the amount that you have in the market, it's the time in the market. Um, And that, you know, I think that's quite true. It doesn't matter which investment you're in, the time that you spend in the market being invested um, is really, really important. And I think the other thing is, you know, crypto has done phenomenally well. And when you hear those sort of stories, that's what we're here for. That's sort of our mission at Revix is we want to enable people to kind of become their own wealth managers and climb that wealth ladder, you know, let them reach their dreams and all the rest. But do diversify. Don't come yeah. into crypto and invest your life savings. I mean, of course, Revix would want you to come and invest your life savings. We make money doing that. But at the same time, for us to be long-term greedy and to have you as a viable customer over the long term, you need to actually accumulate wealth and actually grow your wealth. So we say invest a little bit in gold, invest a little bit um, in crypto, invest across the board in stocks and property, sure. You know, get exposure to different areas. And in doing that, you'll learn so much more about investing. And I think that's a really big opportunity yeah, I, as well I, because education is a big thing. That's massively important. And I mean, obviously, Jared is just telling us his story and I have no reason to disbelieve it, but he seems to have made just the right investment at just the right time. And that's not how it's going to work for everybody. Some of us may be luckier, some of us may be unluckier. And of course, as you say, 
timing is is a, a critical factor here, but the total time spent in the market, which is something Anthea Gardner used to say to us all the time, is it's time in the market that counts. And you're absolutely right to repeat that. Just quickly before we yeah. go, um, you know, this is this is obviously there's so much unprecedented stuff happening in the in the last two years. No one could have predicted all of the things that are going on. Is there is there any other altcoin that is just suddenly skyrocketing is there any i mean we spoke about dogecoin you told us about that the other day but is there anything else that's going on that's that's curious and interesting when you look at these these movements in the crypto market i'm sure you should go through all the, every other cryptocurrency that's not bitcoin or ethereum right like everyone really? is doing something quite interesting the projects are fascinating and uh, you know, some people have the time to go and research and, you know, gamble and guess which cryptocurrency is also going to be the next big success stories. We're saying you don't have to necessarily. It is good to learn about the underlying technologies behind these things, but rather buy a diversified basket through one of our bundles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're looking at maybe Ethereum challenges, because there's other cryptocurrencies that are very similar to Ethereum in sort of what they're looking to achieve. You're looking at the likes of Cardano, Polkadot, EOS, Tron. Um, these are in our smart contract bundle that we offer on our platform. And all of these have performed exceptionally well, especially right. looking at Polkadot, Cardano, and Chainlink. I mean, Chainlink was up about 27% yesterday. Wow. And why? Because the Ethereum network is actually super congested at this point in time. You've got a lot of transactions. Remember, uh, we spoke not too long ago about the decentralized finance movement. I don't have time to get into that now. We spoke, <laughs> we spoke about the non-fungible token side of things. All of that is happening on Ethereum predominantly. So while Ethereum's price is skyrocketing, the use of the network is skyrocketing, and that means that it's super expensive actually to do anything on the Ethereum blockchain, which means that there's a lot of other developers and you know projects and all the rest. And the other thing is, you know, we're part of the Berkeley Blockchain Accelerator. And what was really fascinating is we, we've seen firsthand, I mean, these are grassroots projects that are receiving a lot of funding. Um, most of them are actually building on alternative smart-oriented blockchains. So looking at the likes of Polkadot, um, and that's quite fascinating. I mean, it was quite interesting for me to see that. So, yeah, I think looking at those others are quite interesting. And I think just a final note from my side, uh, you know that we always spoke about like when does uh, crypto go mainstream? Like at what point? Yeah. I think this last week what happened is, you know, the S&P 500. Right. So the S&P, Dow Jones and all the rest. Standard Poor's, uh, yeah. They have come out saying that they're going to have a Bitcoin and Ethereum index. Um, now, as a finance nerd, there's nothing that tells me more that this has gone mainstream than that. Maybe that and combine that with the fact that Ethereum is now more valuable than Bank of America, PayPal, Netflix, and Coca-Cola. I think we're there, right? I think we're there. All right, Sean, thanks so much, man. Always good to see you. Sean Sanders and Revix. Remember, if you haven't signed up already, it's very easy to do this. And I got this question from uh, Sugin earlier on who said, please tell us, which uh, apps you use, Gareth, which do you trust for crypto trading well? I mean, I've got an account with Revix, so that's a good place to start. And you can do that too. And you can find them on social media at Revix Invest, R-E-V-I-X Invest.